I like how they built the stage for me. They want me to move around. All right, all right, look at this. That's tight. I'm, I'm digging it. Uh, and then I'm closer to you guys. You guys feel the closeness? You feel like, hey, I could reach out and touch the pastor. Don't touch me too hard. All right, praise the Lord. No, I used to sing the victory of Jesus. You know, when I first got saved, I got saved in a small little church. And I knew I was called to preach right away for some reason. I don't know why. I just wanted to tell everybody about Jesus. Anybody ever felt that way when you got saved? You know, a lot of people are like, you need to tell somebody about Jesus. Somebody's like, man, could you slow down and tell people, quit telling so many people about Jesus. But I remember when they, they knew I was called to preach, and so the, the process of preaching was you had to lead songs. And when you lead songs, you went like, victory in Jesus. Yeah, anybody ever seen a song played that way? I know Art does it, and he does it really good and professionally. I love the way he does it. But me, I couldn't sing, and I couldn't. I'd be like this, and the drum's going over there, and that's going over there. So, but it was kind of complicated because I'm like, man, this is what you got to do to preach? I said, if that's what it takes, that's what I'm going to do. And when my pastor seen me, he goes, well, the only thing is you got to wear a suit jacket if you're up there. And I'm like, a suit jacket? I don't have one. He bought me a suit jacket. He says, okay, well, now you need a tie. I was like, a tie? Come on, I only wore that on Easter when I was five years old. You got to wear a tie to be in church? I said, yep. And so he got a tie, and um, I said, well, now what do you do with that? I don't know how to tie it. And so he started, so for a while, before services, my pastor was tying my tie for me. And then I got smart. I got the clip-on one. That was sweet, man. I just clip and put it on the hanger. Bubba Eve, yeah, man, I'll put my tie on this man. That one don't choke as bad either. But through the process of time, now I can tie a tie and I don't even need a mirror because I've been around for a couple days. Been in the ministry or been saved for 36 years. Hallelujah. That's why you don't have to clap and get excited because I'll do it for you. Now, I do have a warning. This is a warning before the service. If you do come up and you do want to pray on these beautiful altars here, when you get up, do not pull on the altar. Because we don't want to see people getting slain in the spirit the wrong way. Okay? There will be like ten people out there. Man, God was moving. No, those aren't bolted. Okay? So we got to really be careful about that. Just a forewarning. But, you know, I've, I enjoy skits. How many um, ever seen them, the, any of their plays, the skits? They do a fantastic job. I love Lori. You know, I was here yesterday with the Upward Bound. It was just good seeing Upward Bound going. Thank you so much for everybody that's helped. If you want to get involved and help, you could still be involved and connect with that because they could always use refs and other things for help. But I came in here with Lori, and she goes, and they had kids all over. There's about 40 of them or 50 of them. They're all scattered abroad, and they're loud and moving and everything else. And she goes, do you want to pray for them? I said, sure. But uh, right now, I'm like, they're so busy, they're not going to do it. She goes, up, everybody. Go up to the stage. They all went up to the stage. Turn around. They turned around. He's going to pray for you. I was like, wow, man. Why can't Salem do that? That'd be tight. Hey, oh, 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 ah, let's pray. But it was good. And I see it. The thing I like about 
kids. It's learning discipline, learning how to take care of yourself, be committed to something, and using the principles of Christ while you're doing it. Because she's not just doing it to help people learn how to do play, but it's teaching people to nourish and encourage a relationship with Jesus Christ. Is that good? I put thumbs up on that. If I had Facebook, you'd see a thumbs up go out like this. And I'm just very thankful for that. And I believe that anything we do in this church, you know, and that's what's nice about Upward Bound, too, is that they're praying before the, um, in between the, um, the, the matches and they're taking the, the coaches are taking them out to the rooms. And, and I did get a chance to hear if they're talking to them, but they are supposedly giving them a short message on the Word of God. And so it's just giving principles and things. To do because we don't just want to um, have this building so we could just take people and hold them in here and say, well, we had 50 people here. Isn't that a move of God? Because that isn't a move of God. A move of God is when you could get people here and they could be around the Word of God and they could see your life and my life and see Jesus in it. That's a move of God. Where's my amen? Come on, man. There you go. Now I'm ready to jump off this stage. Watch out. So anyway, I'm just very thankful for that. And I'm excited about the new year. Last week we talked about Ruth, how there was a fork in the road. It was time to make a decision, time to be committed to either to the things of God or just go back home and do the regular things and be thankful that God's got you alive. And I believe that we're at a place still that fork in the road is still there, and we're going to make a choice as a church to go forward for the kingdom of God. To go forward as not just as a church that is um, bringing people in, but as a church that the people that are here, we that are here, are going to be built up, that are going to be lifted up, going to be trained, and be equipped to do the work of the ministry. You say, Brother Andrew, I'm not no minister. Guess what? You are a minister. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new, and all things are of God. And God has given anybody, anybody a new creature in here? Come on, raise your hand. If you ain't, come on, let's use the altar, but don't push on it. We're new creatures. He said, but anybody that's a new creature, God has given them a ministry of reconciliation. All of us have a part in bringing people to God, bringing them back into the relationship that God once had with us. You know, uh, being a pastor, we do counseling and stuff, of course, especially for couples and things. And sometimes it will be some havoc, some things going on. And our goal is to um, uh, be a mediator and to give them the word of God and to help work out things so that the thing that's broken up, becomes now back together again, and they're back to kissing each other and looking all crazy in love and all that kind of stuff. That's what our goal is. Well, God did the same when he turned us around. He just didn't turn you around to get you saved so you could fill in a pew and just, you know, learn some scriptures and hang out and have a social club. Guess what? He didn't do that. He did. He turned you around so that we could all be a part of this wonderful work of reconciliation. That's kind of a big word, huh? Say, Brother Andrew, that's the biggest word you ever used in your life. Well, life's long. 
opportunity. And every single one of you have a part. It's so good to see George and Bobby here today. Come on. And Bill, and, and if I don't know your name, it's good to see all of you. But it's good to see people like that, that, you know, you would see that they're, they're struggling. They're having times in their body, but they still want to be in the house of the Lord. And guess what? By them just being here, it's being a part of this body that's going to help somebody. I'm encouraged. How many are encouraged that they're here? Come on. And, and we're, we're looking forward to when Ruth is going to be here pretty soon. We praise God for your prayers for Ruth. Continue to pray for her. She's doing good. She's, it's a process. But we're so grateful that that's part of the body. That's part of our work is that we pray for people, we love on people, and we do our part. Because every single one of us, you know, you can't say, well, I'm just a little finger. I have no need of it. Or I'm a little toe and have no need of it. Look. Hey, if you bust your toe, you're going to find out how much you need that little toe, ain't you? Every time, it's just like, man, I didn't know I had to use that for this. Ow! Every piece of this body is important. Not a, Are all preachers or all teachers? No. But wherever you fit in this church, wherever God's called you in this church, he didn't just call you to sit down and just chill, but he called you to be a part of this church so that we fitly join together could do the kingdom work. Because it's going to be all together, hands in hands, arms in arms, and we're going to do it the way that Jesus has wanted us to do it, with unity and with a heart full of love and full of mercy. Hallelujah. And I'm excited about it. I'm sorry. I cannot change. I'm like that puzzle that Rachel was talking about. That's my piece. And I got me some bones out here. I often, you know, I used to always question God when he'd have me preach and my vein would popping out of the neck and I'm going off crazy and everything. I'm like, Lord, why are you doing this? Can I be like these other sophisticated, dearly beloved saints, God bless you and his anointing be on you. I'm like, sorry, bro. I was up. Jesus is good. He's off the chain. What? Why am I that way? Jesus told me one reason, because I made you that way. You're Andrew, and guess what? There ain't no other Andrew. Everybody say amen. Thank God. There are a lot of these guys around. We'd be all would be in trouble, wouldn't we? But God loves who you are. You get to be who you are. God's not telling you to change the person that you are. God's not trying to tell, make you a different person altogether. He's trying to make you better person who you are. Come on. God wants to do a wonderful work. Rachel said we're fearfully and wonderfully made. You know that, 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 that scripture was talking about in the womb when God formed us, that word fearfully and wonderfully, it's like a quilt. You know, I had six kids and my mother-in-law made a quilt for every one of them. And each one of them was totally unique. Just like our sister making quilts for the pastors and stuff. Each one is different. They're not the same. But they're, they're, they're warm. They're comfortable. They're beautiful. Like a, every single one. You might not even be able to move that well, but guess what? You can pray well. 
I like how Paul said, though I'm in prison, though I'm bound, I'm shackled up. The Word of God is not bound. When I minister at McLaren's, I go to McLaren's. Uh, it's a youth correctional institution, which I have not been since I've been doing Salem Church. But I'm going to get back there because you all keep me busy. Come on, like, Pastor, you ain't working enough. What? Okay. I'm trying. Got to take a nap here and there. Superintendent said, take a nap. I said, I'm going to, bro, when I get time. But when I visit those guys, you know, they are, they are special and they are unique. And they care when you go and visit them. But I always tell them, even though you guys are locked up in this place, and you've got a ministry, actually they have ministry in each place, each cottage, each place. They minister to the, um, the staff, to the people, the volunteers. And here's where their most powerful ministry that they have is when they pray. Because when you pray and you call out to God, it doesn't matter how many bars, because, you know, I've been through the ones up in the state where you, they, they, they lock this one, they lock that one, they lock this one, and you're like, man, are they going to let me out? They do eventually in their own sweet time. Sometimes they do that just to test you. Are you really a Christian? I guess you'll find me, bro. But the powerful, most powerful thing that they have is that they could pray in a cell with bars behind cement walls, and they could grow their prayers to go all the way to heaven and come all the way down to earth. Come on, man. Paul said, though I am bound in chains, the word of God is not bound. Though I pray here in a cell, though I am locked up, I can make a difference in the world by praying. That's awesome. Come on. God is calling us, Salem first, to pray. Some people say, well, you know, you know, I want to know what are we going to do for ourselves? How are we going to work this thing out? The first thing we need to do as a church, as a team, as a body, we need to pray. We need to cry out to God. We need to seek his face. We need to humble ourselves and call on the name of the Lord, and he's going to answer. You know how I know that? Do you? Does the Bible say it? I believe the Bible. I don't know about you. I'm just old school. I may be like new school, got my Jordans on, but hey, besides that, I'm old school when it comes to believing the Word because I believe the Word. And the Word says this, call unto me and I will answer and show you great and mighty things which you don't even know about. Woo! When, when God's people call on His name, we could change the community. You could be changed in your own life. You could be changed in this state. We could make change in the United States. We can make change all over the world. Why? Because he's a big old God. And when you call on him, he will answer. And he will show you great and mighty things. Now, we're going to have a fast coming up, a Daniel fast coming up. Some people, I know people are curious about a Daniel fast. What's nice about a Daniel fast, it's not like you're not going to drink, you're not going to eat, you know, 
and you're going to just starve. It's a modified fast so that people can, who have not fast will be able to adapt to it well. We'll have a layout plan, everything else, where it will be easier on you so that you can understand, first of all, that you can fast. And secondly, you'll see the results that God's going to bring. Amen. Now, you know, I think it's curious that God has us fast sometimes. How many like to eat? Man, you know what? If you if you have a gathering for anything and it don't have food, where are they at? Man, you put some chicken down, some good pie. Man, slow down, bro. Save some for the next guy. Because we love to eat. But I think it's a curious thing. I was thinking about it today. That Jesus, when he was baptized by his cousin in Jordan, John saw the Spirit of God descend upon Jesus as a dove. And he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And the heavens opened up. And God said, This is my Son whom I'm well pleased. Come on. And the first thing that Spirit of God did to Jesus, you think, man, he's taking him to the castle. He's going to be hooked up. He's going to get in that. He's going to get in Caesar's chariot with the, um, the swirlies on it. He's going to be in the, in the palace. The first thing God did with Jesus is he led him to the desert. That ain't fair. You're going to lead me. Like, a lot of people are like, I want to be led by God. You think you're going to have a joy ride to everything you can ask for. But God, by the Spirit of God, led Jesus to the wilderness. Not just for one day, but for 40 days. Not only was he in the wilderness for 40 days without water and food. Now, look, hey, Daniel fast. You can drink water. You can drink juice. Can't have no coffee. I know, that's hurting me already, just thinking about it. Like Starbucks is be like, where's Pastor Andrew? Oh, I miss him. I'll be there. I'll be there at the end of Daniel fast. But he said he fasted with without water, without food for 40 days, and he was led by the Spirit of God to fast, and not only to fast, to be tempted by the devil himself. Welcome to my family. I'm well pleased with you, Jesus. The heavens open up. But guess what? One day you'll be up here sitting on the throne with me, but right now we got work to do. But there's first things we got to work on. One, we're going to work on that body that you're in. We're going to deny that flesh. We're going to let it die. And we're going to give power in your life. Because the Bible said he went out in power. And when he was done, he came back and uh, angels ministered to him. And after that, he started doing miracles and moving in the power of the Spirit of God. But he denied the flesh first. I know it's old school because, you know, fasting used to be a way of life, but it's not a way of life anymore. It's like some people ain't never fasted before. Or some people fast. Do you know that there's a lot of religions that fast? You got all kinds of people fasting. They, you know, Satan worshipers will fast. Is that crazy? They'll deny their flesh for the devil. See, the thing about us, we deny our flesh, our, our, our human desires. We push the plate. I call it push the plate. You know, it's like, man, push the plate. We're going to push the plate for this week. Actually, the Hebrew word for fasting is to hold your mouth. 
deny your mouth from, from food. You know, you, you ever seen the, um, the commercial on the Snickers? They, 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 the guy turns into a wild savage taking a hatchet through the door, and he says, you're not yourself, have a Snickers. See, because they're, they're right in a way, because as we deny our flesh, we're going to see what our flesh wants to do. We want to be grouchy, we want to be angry, we want to be irritable. But God wants us to push the plate, put our mouth, put our hand to our mouth, and deny ourselves. And by doing that, I believe that God's going to open up the heavens for us here at Salem First and not only speak to us as a body, but the thing about fasting, when you fast and you truly fast and do it unto the Lord, He speaks to you. How many want God to speak to you? I think it's awesome that he'll even take time. I'm like, Lord, you got time and all those people that just answer your prayers. You're going to take time for me. Yeah. What are you going to do? Show you what you need. What do you mean? I'm going to show you need to be humbler. Oh, okay, Lord. We're going to humble ourselves. They called it humbling. They would, we, we're not going to throw um, ashes up in the air or nothing like that. We're not going to land on that. You can if you want it, but don't do it in front of the church. But we're going to rent our hearts spiritually. And Joel says, to rent your heart, call solemnly, solemn assembly, a solemn assembly, that means call the church together, let's fast, let's pray, and watch God pour his spirit upon us, me individually, and you individually, and on this community. And that's a good thing. Because fasting, I do not like to fast, but guess what? I love the result. The result is this. God's going to move in a sovereign way. How many have family members that need a deliverance from the Lord? How many know people that are addicted by drugs? How many know people that are bound by sin? How many know people that just need a healing in their heart? Come on. Jesus, when he was up, come on. Yeah, that's right. We know people are working to sit back when we have the tools and the resource to make a difference in their life. We're just going to sit back and say, that's their fault. They, should, they made the wrong choices. Are we going to say that? Not Salem first. We're going to say, hey, if it wasn't for the grace of God, I'd be bound. I would be needing healing. I would be needing Jesus right there. And we're going to pray and fast. And we'll have strategic times of prayer and everything else that goes with it. But God's going to help us. Hallelujah. Yay. Everybody's excited. I can't wait not to eat. For real? I can't wait till the fast is over already. Man, we've got to be careful too. We'll have instructions about coming off a fast too because let me tell you, if you fast a week and you say, I'm, from, I'm going down to scissors and all I can eat. You'll be not only at Scissors, but you'll be at probably Kaiser in the uh, urgent care after a while, too, because you're going to be like, ah! Come on. But we can do this together. It's a congregational fast. What we're going to do is we're going to meet. We're going to meet on the 14th. We're going to teach about it, lay out some instructions. We'll meet on the um, 24th. We'll lay out some more instructions, and then from the 24th to the 35th, 
we are going to fast. We're going to push back the plates. We're going to be in prayer together in unity. Let me tell you something. There's something about when God's people get together, I guarantee you, you will, you will get some attacks from the enemy. The enemy will mess with you. I know that, um, and, and that we'll have instructions about fasting. One thing about fasting, you don't go around fasting like, oh, Lord, I've been fasting. Look at me, I'm so hungry. I must go out three pounds. You know, don't do all that. Jesus said what you do in secret. What did he say? I'm going to reward you. I'm going to give you a reward openly. You won't need to brag about it. You won't need to talk about it. I had this really good friend. He was a theologian, uh, uh, expert in apologetics, unbelievable minister, a black man from D.C., and he's now in heaven. But he came, and David remembers him. He came to our class, and, and, he, um, and he came to preach to our disciples, and he took his Bible, and he, he set it on the table. He goes, I'm going to set this right here. If I need it, I'll go to it. He didn't go to that Bible one time. But when we, when he was done, we thought we just hanged out with Moses. I'm serious. It was anointing. It was beautiful. There was so much wisdom, so much love. But his final days, what he did is he ministered to rest homes. And I said, why are you doing that? He says, because they're one step from heaven. God's given them one more chance. Come on, man. But he told me when he prayed and when he fasted, he says, you know you're supposed to shut the door, but you know what he'd do? He'd slam the door. I said, why are you doing that? He said, I'm letting the devil know. I'm praying, and I'm seeking God. And I guarantee you, the devil will tremble when God's church comes together and calls on the name of the Lord. Because he knows that we have victory, we have power, we have authority over the enemy. We don't have to be, we, we could take back that we lost. You remember zigzag when David, and I'm going to close with this, okay? In closing. Zigzag, David was at zigzag, and he went out to fight a battle. He took his men with him. And what happened is that while he was gone, the enemy came into his camp and stole all his family, stole all his possessions, and what he did is he, he, um, he came back, and they had nothing left, and the place was in smoke. And while he was there, he was so discouraged, but so were his men so discouraged. They were so discouraged, they're ready to kill David for bringing him out, coming back, losing their wife. And what David did, he did something amazing. He said he encouraged himself in the Lord. There's something about encouraging yourself in the Lord. And he asked God, what do you want me to do? You know what God said? Go take it back. Get your stuff back. I don't know about you. Maybe the enemy has ripped you off of your prayer life or ripped you off of your joy or ripped you off of the power of God in your life. I believe God says today, come on, take it back. But you've got to use the tools that I have made available for you. Come on and take it back. And you know what he did? He seen an Egyptian beat up Egyptian. And that guy was like, just happened to land on an Egyptian and said, do you know about this? And he said, yeah, I got, I seen the tribes, I seen where they brought them, let's go get them. David went and defeated, and he took everything back. Not one of the purses was taken from him. And not only did he get what he had, 
He started ranking on their stuff too, man. He was like, man, I got the loot. He was blessed far and above. I believe as we seek first, as we put the kingdom of God first, as we get ready, because I'm ready to do a series on Nehemiah building the wall. And the building the wall is something that only all of us could do it. Nehemiah built a wall, and it took, it was done in a miraculous time because there was a unity, and God gave the people a mind to worship. Help us, Jesus, that our minds would have a mind to worship. Let us not just people be people that sit in the pew and just say, you know, I want to be blessed. Hey, I want to be blessed just like the next one. But I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to make a difference in this community, a difference in this church. I wanted this church to be where when people, when God sends people out from Salem first, because he's going he's gonna to raise some of you guys up and send you out to do kingdom work. When they say, where are you from? From Salem first. Come, please help us that you guys are quality people of God who believe and have faith in the Lord and walk in wisdom towards them that you have. Amen. Let's stand. Hallelujah. I know it's hard to get excited about fasting and praying, but guess what? I believe many of you are going to learn and see if you let God do it, the things that are available to you where God can move in a powerful way. I remember before I went to New York, I helped pioneer a first four-square church in New York back in the early 80s. And I was talking to a pastor beforehand, and he was, we're in the basement, and there was a cement wall, and he goes, he goes, did you ever fast? I said, I do sometimes. He goes, well, look, when you get into a bind, you, will, you can fast, and you can burn a hole through a cement wall means nothing's too hard for God if you use the tools and the resources God's given you. How many says I'm willing to go on board for that? Come on. I know, I know. I, hey, if you, it, hey, this is what you might need to do. Because your body don't want to do it, that's for dang sure. Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We need to deny our flesh, take up our cross, and be the people that God called us to be. Amen. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for Salem first. I thank you, Father, for all of us who are going to fast and seek your face. And even the ones that can't do it, they'll be a part. They'll do their part as we're in unity to see your kingdom come and your will be done. In Jesus' name. Now, before we leave, you can play some music in the background. I want to open up this altar for if you have never received Christ or you want to recommit your life today, I want you to raise your hand and say, Pastor Andrew, I want to give my life to the Lord today. I, it's a new year. It's a new start. I want to give my life to the Lord. If you'll raise your hand, I want to pray with you. Raise your hand if you want to give your life to the Lord. Come on. I know you're in here. And see, this is one of the biggest battles is because it's tugging on your heart. And you feel like, i got to do it. I, I don't want to just win the battle today. It's a fresh year. God's going to give you a new chance, a new start if you allow him to do it. Just say, Pastor Andrew, I want to give my life to the Lord. Raise your hand. And you could do that even right now. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm giving you a couple more seconds. I'm not trying to pressure you. 
I'm just allowing you to get your breakthrough today. 2018, you don't have to live like you lived in 2017. God's willing to give you a breakthrough. Amen. I'll close again in prayer, and if you want to come up afterwards and just talk to me and say, I want to do that, I'm kind of just afraid in public or whatever, I'm totally cool with that. So God bless you guys. I'm so happy to be in this church, to be in this time, to see what God's